as women, we've never got to be children. So we don't have emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. That makes us so susceptible to becoming the victims of narcissism because that's mm-hmm. how we were raised. But what I want to pass down to mothers is you have to cultivate your child's intuition because right. if they do not learn it now, they're going to struggle with listening to themselves. They're going to listen to everybody else and even know what their own voice sounds like. I didn't even know what my voice sound like until 36 years old. Today's episode is a little different. A few of my homegirls and I got together to talk about what happens when little black girls are socialized to be strong. And in this episode, we share bits and pieces of our individual journeys. We talked about how parents, ourselves included, unconsciously fall into the behavior of socializing girls to be strong. And we also made some mention of how our parents unknowingly did that when they were raising us as well. And then, of course, we talked about the mental and the emotional repercussions of encouraging our girls to be strong without even knowing that that is what we're doing. So listen, this conversation is so good. We talked about so many things from various perspectives. So, but yeah, anyway, before I start the episode, I do want to advise you that there are some portions of this episode that make mention of child sexual abuse. And I do realize that that subject may be triggering for some of our listeners. So if that's you, please proceed with caution. Today, we're going to be talking about the socialization of Black girls to be strong because strong Black women didn't just magically appear. They were little Black girls that grew up to be strong Black women. When y'all hear the word strong Black woman, what's the first thing that comes up for you? For me, it's anxiety because it's so much weight to the strong, strong Black woman. Like We're expected to do so much be so much for everybody while we're just drowning every time i hear it is just like it makes me anxious because it's like i don't i don't want to be the strong black woman anymore right i was thinking of performance when you have this strong mantle this weight on your back i think we perform a lot for others at least i can only speak in my experience it showed up in performance based things and not my authentic feelings authentic self right do you all think that we are conditioning little black girls to be strong in a way that aligns with the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman and if if your answer is yes what does that look like to me yes i feel like it looks different for each of us, mm-hmm. I feel like it can be like in the same ways as well. Like for me, it was like my mom, I, I would always see her always not have control of her emotions or mm-hmm. really allowed to express her emotions. And mm-hmm. I just saw how it really has taken over her life. And I, I guess like she taught me to be the same way, not being able to my emotions and I feel like that's a really big thing with being a strong black woman we're never really taught to express our emotions and really just be open and honest that's a really big problem black mothers and black daughters really need to have better conversations growing up I feel like there were so many things me and my mom really didn't talk about there were so many things that were hushed in our family and I'm just like I don't feel like that's real strength. We right. feel like strength is keeping everything in. What happens in this house stays in this yeah. house. Right. It's just, it, I feel like it's more of a destroying mechanism than it is healing. It's not healing right. us to keep all that stuff in. Mm. Right. Too smart. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember watching my mom and to a certain degree, my grandmothers, they both passed away when I was before I was five years old, but I remember both of them. One of them was very silent and sweet and just kind of just went with the flow, it seemed. And the other 
was very sweet, but also very just straightforward and very direct and would speak up to a degree. My mom, her mother was the one that was the silent and sweet one. And I remember some of the things that, that she went through and she just survived them, and, you know, and my mom did a lot of the same things. She just survived. And much like Jasmine was saying, I don't recall her ever saying anything about how she was feeling. I'm an only child and it was just the two of us after my father died and I was 11. And yeah, why is she going to talk to her kid about that stuff, right? But the thing that I learned from that was you just, you buck up and you just keep going, you know, stiff upper lip. And I remember people talking about my mom and talking about how strong she was. Mm. And people have levied that at me. Oh my gosh, you're so strong. And on the inside, I feel like I'm crumbling. Mm. Right. And right. when Shirley said, when someone brings up that term, what does it mean? What, what comes up for you? What comes up for me is pain. Mm. And the inability to express it, the inability to say I need help or that I'm hurting because no one expects you to say that because that's not what the strong black woman does. She's got it all together and she can just take a licking and keep on ticking. And they know that you're taking lickings and they're okay with watching Mm. you take lickings Mm -hmm. because that's what strong black women do. And it's just very, it's, it's very, very harmful. It's been very harmful for me personally. It's why I'm on blood pressure medication. It's why I have pains in my chest and things. And I have to, oh, wait, I've got to go to the doctor and see about these things. I, I know for a fact that that isn't what real strength is. And when you feel real strength and you exhibit real strength, people don't ever have to go on and on about how strong you are. They come to you maybe for support or they come to you for advice or they say, I'm going to talk to Natalie because she might know what to do or or just something like that. But they're not ever going to say, oh, yeah, you're, you're the strong one. Because when you're really exhibiting the, you know, true fortitude, but right. the fortitude and the will to survive and the mm. will to find ways to thrive in addition to just surviving, people don't say that kind of stuff to you anymore. They're right. saying different kinds of things because they start to see your humanity a little bit more. I think that term robs us, has robbed us in a lot of ways of our humanity because we've become a trope. We're just a big trope that people can either put up on a pedestal or throw things at. Oh, woo. You just said a lot. She just said it all. When uh, Jasmine was talking, I'm just going to piggyback off of Jasmine Maddie, just about being the thing that came up to me was you're you're as sick as your secret that's literally all what i was gonna speak out natty like hit on it all because i'm just thinking and jasmine hit on it all too is that literally the black family we have been told this stays in here don't take it out we don't tell our business Mm -hmm. to other people we don't Mm -hmm. do that and so all i kept thinking as as you were saying all this is we are sick as our secrets and then natty brought up blood pressure you know it's just like i've i've held so much that is now manifesting in my body right Right. because when you hold things and you don't let it out it's going to just manifest and grow inside of you, right? Mm-hmm. And so we be, we're becoming sick, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Physically, mentally, emotionally. I, I don't think we talk much about the physical pain. Like, I'm so glad that this yeah. has been brought up in the conversation because a lot of times when we talk about mental health, we think it's all in the mind mm-hmm. and it really mm-hmm. does manifest in the body. Like, I don't deal with high blood pressure, but I deal with aches and pains. And I know it's stress-related because... There are times when I, I do try to self-care and I, I feel like I feel better. But then when I'm like really stressed out, the pain is just like worse. And I'm like, I, I didn't know about this growing up. And I, I remember um, my dad, he died in 2019. And like on his deathbed, he told me because he, he knew I stressed out all the time. He's like, if you don't get yourself together, you're going to be in the hospital just like me. He's like, stress mm-hmm. can kill you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always think about that now when I stress out because I'm like, I, I do have to take care of myself because he, he's right. High blood pressure can kill you. Yeah. When you yes. have mental health issues and all that stress and stuff, uh, you're more prone to stroke. It really can kill you. And I really don't talk about my pain much like my physical pain. This conversation is kind of like healing for me just hearing 
other stories about like, yeah, y'all deal with it too. It's just like, I feel less alone now. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so mm-hmm. true because I know for at least the last two or three months, my body has been aching. Me and, too. And, oh, like girl. I have been, and I, you know, too. and I have been taking like pain meds, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get some type of relief, but no matter what I take, nothing works. I sleep with my legs propped up. I sleep with pillows. I sleep with pe- pillows like underneath my knees, trying to just trying to get some type of relief. I literally hurt when I walk and I, mm-hmm. what I've been doing yeah. is contributing to, you know, myself aging. But if I'm really honest about it, there has been so much trauma in mm-hmm. the last yeah. few months, year there, there's just been so much trauma. And I feel like for me, I think that it's all coming to a head now. And so many different ways when I was thinking about socializing black girls to be strong I thought about myself as a parent I took some notes y'all <laughs> and so these are the things that I found myself guilty of as a parent my children are all adults now but one of the things that I found that I was guilty of was gender gender-based chores and I can mm. remember having my girls I only had one boy I can remember having my girls do all the cooking and the cleaning and my son didn't have to do those things. He had to like take out the trash. So while I'm at work, the girls are at home getting dinner ready, cooking and cleaning. And so I realized when I was thinking about this topic is, yeah, I'm telling them that they are like unconsciously telling them that you are responsible for doing all the things while your brother is here chilling and relaxing and playing video games and all that. And I think we don't realize how that how that how that message comes over to our children because now they're growing up thinking you know I got to come home I got to cook I got to clean I got to do all the things but I taught them that because Mm. this is what I told them to do now and when I when it was happening I did not realize how damaging it was in that moment but in hindsight I'm thinking like okay so you just gonna let him get out of school chill on his video game while the girls in there cooking and cleaning and vacuuming and stuff that's what I taught them. And so that is a part of the whole strong black woman thing. That's why we feel like we have to do all the things. That's why we feel like we, we constantly have to be serving other people because that's what we were taught to do. Right. Serve everyone but ourselves. Mm-hmm. Take care mm-hmm. of everyone but ourselves. Absolutely. And if you if we really want to think about where all of this is coming from, if you've done any history on slavery, mm-hmm. it was... We as black women have been carrying the load of life forever. And that's why now for me, I'm like one of, for me, one of the major things that I do, I rest. I don't care Mm -hmm. what needs to happen. I don't care how important it is. I don't care. It could be due today. And I feel like I need to rest. I'm resting. Number one. And, uh, and what I realized, it's not even just like, socialized it's also things that we don't realize subconsciously that we're doing right so like Mm -hmm. i don't know about everyone else but like shirley and natty i know all of us are in the business space right so like i know a lot of us will see people who are like you there's no sleep like say no to sleep and like on all of these ridiculous toxic things that we do not, we, we get like the front end of it where it's like, oh yeah, don't do this and don't do that. But we don't really see the bet. One of the biggest things I have learned in life is that every single person has an unfair advantage, right? Mm. And as black women, we are behind every single person. Black mm. men are the white women of black people. I've said that before. Black women are behind every single person. So when you think about it, right, all of the unfair expectations on ourselves, like, oh, like, I want to be like Nancy because Nancy have a house and Nancy have this and Nancy have that. Meanwhile, Nancy, mom and dad done paid for her whole entire life. (laughs) Nancy just not telling you that, okay? Mm -hmm. And Nancy don't have the stress that you do. Nancy doesn't have the actual generational curses and traumas right. that you are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So right. for me now, I don't care what it is. I don't care who it is. If I feel like I don't want to pick up my phone, I am not picking up my phone. I'm not texting back. My answer is almost always no. No. And 
And that's just it. And how I raised my daughter to be different. My kid is five. Now, at the age of five, you hear a lot of people talking about, put your kid in preschool. Teach them how to read. No. I'm not doing none of that. My kid, no, she is smart. She's intelligent. And the thing is, like, a lot of times, this strong Black woman trope is something that we are taught from a very early age. When we look at our mothers breaking their back, making sure the house is clean, making sure the bills are paid. Meanwhile, the man is sitting on the ass doing nothing. So like they think, oh, the best, they think that, oh, well, I go out to work. So that's me providing. No, you're not providing. You're a leech. You're a leech. You're not doing anything. Like you, if a woman (laughs) and a daughter were in the house, you, you would still have to pay rent. You would still have to pay water bill, light bill, whatever bills would still need to get paid. So mm-hmm. you coming out your face saying that you're providing, you're not. You're elite. All of what yes. you do, someone else can do and mm-hmm. better. And I feel like for me, that's one of, like, when it comes to, like, I don't want to be strong. My strength is not tied to what I can do for mm-hmm. you or Absolutely. how much yes, nonsense I can come through. Like, that's yes. Up. I'm strong because I am Trezell and I decide and I choose to be yeah. strong regardless of Traumas that I've experienced, mm. I to take it and like turn it into something that's for my betterment. Mm-hmm. But my betterment is not tied to what I could do to you, for you. So like, and that's what I'm teaching my kid too. Like, you have to learn to be assertive. Even the whole the chore situation, I had a whole argument in like a parenting group about it, where they're talking about at an early age you have to teach your child to do chores. My child is not a slave. If you put something on the floor. Or you did something that needs to get picked up. I will show you how to do it. And my kid is very independent. Like when I tell you she's independent, she thinks she's a grown woman. So she tried to do everything for herself. No, I'm not about to put more load on you. For what? You're a child. And we don't get to be children. And that's what I read. Yes. Come on, girl. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just we saying, didn't get to be children. You're right. We didn't get to be children. You're right. And the craziest thing, one of the craziest things that I've I've noticed, okay, as women, we never got to be children. So a lot of us are very emotionally in. Um, we don't have emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. That makes us so susceptible to becoming the victims of narcissism because that's mm-hmm. how we were raised. We were yeah. raised to like make sure the house is clean, even if you don't feel good. Make sure this is done and that is done to appease someone else. So when we become older in the place of our toxic parents become a toxic partner. Toxic partner. And we wonder why we, we're sick. You're sick. And I mean, y'all know Shirley and Nadia. I'm pretty sure y'all remember that period of time where I was sick all the time. And I mm-hmm. was sick because I had so much stress and anxiety what from just trying to do everything and be everything for what my mm-hmm. one of the best things my sister told me one time i remember i was stressing out at my old apartment because i couldn't pay rent and it was about to kick us out my sister said if you die tomorrow that bill's still gonna be there mm-hmm. and that opened my eyes so much she's like you're stressing yourself out about something that you that's outside of your control Mm-hmm. So while you're stressing yourself out, you're aging yourself, you're getting yourself sick. You're just making shit worse for yourself when you could just breathe and leave, leave it be. Because at the end of the day, that's, it is what it is. We can only do what we can do. A lot of times we re-traumatize ourselves by trying to make sure that we are like our mom or we're like this person that we look up to when most mm-hmm. times, Bro, we have so much on our back. It's like trying to walk with all of this luggage. You have no direction. You have no help. You have no support. And you're killing yourself trying to pick up more baggage instead of letting go of what you have and trying to figure out what makes you happy, what makes you strong, what makes you feel joy for yourself. That's absolutely right. Like I'm one thing that I'm I've noticing <laughs> about my about my my kids is they're not, they're not moving the way I moved as a kid. And I'm very, very happy to see that 
For instance, my eight-year-old, she'll be nine at the end of this month. She's a Taurus and her dad is also a Taurus. And she steps to us both. She'll give it to my husband as well as she'll give it to me. And she'll be <laughs> like, mommy, what you just said to me, it was just very aggressive. And, and it, it didn't make me I feel good. It. And daddy, you, you said that and it hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like oh, you're, you're, you're coming down on me and you're expecting so much of me. And, and this is usually because she doesn't want to do a certain chore, right? And usually mm-hmm. her chores involve one thing, picking up messes that she made. But sometimes she don't want to do it. I also am learning how to mother differently. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, not raising my voice and I'm not doing the things that, you know, we were taught as strong black moms to do. Because yeah, she has no hesitation in calling us both out. And I am so... I'm so proud of her. My my 13-year-old is a lot quieter. She's very much like me. She's very, very quiet. But she's also, she's a flaming feminist, man. Like, she's just like, she <laughs> loves, like, she and her her brother, my, my 15-year-old, they both love video games. And she's been seeing, like, there are some video games that she loves playing. They, they're both big-time gamers. And she is always just like, I don't don't understand why the female characters in this game always have to look like this. How come they don't always, they're always half clothed. They don't have full clothes on. What is that? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. And she's like upset about it. And she didn't need somebody else, like some adult to tell her. But I think what, when I get discouraged, when I get down and discouraged about, oh, you're not really doing a great job as a mom. I remember that they are also watching me rest a lot more now. Like Trizel was saying, they are watching me speak up for myself more. They've been watching me do that for the last few years. And I guess seeing me do that has modeled something positive for them because now they are also doing that. Like my eight-year-old is extremely sensitive and she has a lot of issues with anxiety, but she will not hesitate to speak up and say, "Um, no, you're talking to me with this tone, you're, this is very obnoxious and very aggressive. Or well, we I've heard yeah. her say that to her siblings. She's like, no, I, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is how we break all of this stuff. She's doing exactly. stuff that I didn't have exactly. the courage to do when I was younger, a younger you adult to. is what yes, I'm talking about. We knew not to as a kid. And as a younger yes. adult, it's like, oh, if I don't do it, it won't get done. But the fact of the matter is, I'm in enough physical pain now. I'm not cooking anything. I haven't been cooking dinner. My husband cooks dinner. My kids cook dinner. That's that's it. They cook dinner. And and then my husband's like, well, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. Y'all need to decide. Y'all need to figure it out. And then it needs to be fixed. The most that I've been doing for the last, since the pandemic started especially, is going to the store and getting stuff. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not not doing it. I don't have the physical energy or strength to do that stuff right now. And it's like Trizel said, we we've been trained to become the mothers for these grown men. And the fact of the matter is, it's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you go, you work a job, you make the money, you bring it home. But I'm still the one paying the bills. I'm still the one making sure the stuff gets paid on. If I weren't here, who would do it? If I weren't here, who would cook? You know, and and Thankfully, I've noticed a lot of really big changes in my husband, but also I think it's been a lot since I have learned to take better care of myself. I'm taking Mm -hmm. care better care of myself and I'm advocating for myself more. And so now my kids are also seeing that and they're also following suit. And now that's also rubbing off on my husband because he'll say things sometimes that I don't think he ever would have said before, like, he said, what happened to your jeans? And, you know, I'm an artist. So I got some ink on my jeans and, and I was like, oh, this, there's some ink. I don't know if it's permanent ink. It's probably not going to wash out. He was like, why don't you go buy some more jeans? Just go buy some more jeans. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to spend money on that, but he's like, go get you, get you some clothes that you want. Because also the strong black woman, we put everybody else's needs ahead of our own. So something as simple as another pair of jeans. I'm like, oh, well, no, that's not really a priority. I'm not going to do that right now. So now I'm like, I think the way we treat ourselves and the way we break away from this trope and start to take better care of ourselves, that, that dictates how everyone around us sees us and begins to treat us. I feel like the whole, we are not our ancestors. My kid 
bodies that because she do not play. She will. She's the first one to say, I do not like how you just spoke to me. And she says it to everyone. Like, I remember growing up, I used to be afraid of my uncles. My daughter do not care. Like, if they talk to her in a way she does not like, she will tell them. She will literally stand in front of them and look them dead in their face and say, I do not like how you just spoke to me. As it should be. When we were growing up, that that was considered disrespectful. Disrespectful. And what that did was it it, it, it silenced them. And so they didn't learn how to speak up for themselves. They didn't feel like they had permission to use their voices. People don't understand the relationship or often don't understand the relationship that I have with my children because the way my mom raised me is completely different from the the way, not the way, the way that I raised my children, but as they became older, because in the beginning, I raised them just like my mom raised me. But as they became older, I gave them more freedom to voice how they were feeling about the things and so as as they began to speak up oftentimes people will view that as oh you're saying that to your mom you're allowing you're allowing them to speak to you in that way i'm allowing them to stand up for themselves and if you feel Uh if you feel like mom has said something or did something that you didn't agree with or she said it in a tone that she would have slapped you for saying (laughs) if you said it to her then you have permission To say, mom, I don't like it. Like, like my my daughter Amber, she's so good about it. She'll tell me, mom, I don't like the way you said you said that to me. And she's in, she's in her twenties, and she has a right to say that. She has a right to say that. And even at three, four, five years old, I feel like children have a right to say, I don't like the yes, way they said do. that that to me, or I they don't do. like the way that made me feel. They have a right to say that because they, when that's we don't exactly give right. them permission to do that. Then they learn to keep things bottled up. And believe it or not, that is also how our little girls end up getting sexually abused. Because then Exactly. We that's exactly how it happens. That's exactly how it happens. Or domestic violence. Yes. Yeah. Or domestic violence. I literally made a TikTok about this the other day. I was just like, I, I am willing to bet you money that women who were abused as children become they either become really horrible abusers with anger issues and all of that stuff or they get into relationship with narcissists who mentally physically abuse them and it's like a repeated cycle of like failure yeah that's and that's the thing that's one of the things that like me as a parent I I had to realize, which is why I changed my entire parenting style. A lot of the reasons why we're, it's easy for us to be abusive to other people. It's like reactive abuse. The reason why it's easy for us to be like that is because one, we become adults with trauma. Yes. But mentally we're still abusing ourselves. We're still not giving ourselves permission to be, loved by ourselves or Mm. to be cared by ourselves so like we just literally mirror what's inside of us outside and the crazy thing to me is a lot of people want to do like this huge thing between like children and adults like you know like there's a huge barrier there's a huge difference between at the end of the day we're all human beings and if you wouldn't go to your partner and slap your partner because they spill some milk you would look at it as oh my goodness that's just an accident or something right why would you do it to your child? Mm-hmm. Right, right. I feel like we're always called angry, but we yeah. never, like, Black women never get to say why we are angry. Okay. We never get to say why we are angry. And I want to touch on, y'all just talked about sexual abuse. I was molested by my brother when I was, like, six years old. And, and I, I, I told my mom when it happened. Like, I... I knew what happened and didn't feel right. And I was just like, I told her like, hey, the way he's kissing me, the way he's touching me, uh, it, it doesn't feel right. And like nothing was really done about it. And we finally had a conversation about it like last year. And, you know, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, a lot of the reasons why I have anger issues, why I've been so angry, because I could be. I've changed a lot over the years, but I would be like very argumentative with people when I, or like I try to get my point across and it's not coming across like I thought, like I would get very angry and it would just come off like, like people are like, cause usually a very level-headed person is like, when I get angry, they're like, 
why are you acting like this? Why are you so angry all the time? And it's like, I, I've never been allowed to really express my emotions mm-hmm. and say what's going on with me. It's like, when I told my mom what happened, like my brother had issues. He was in and out of counseling since I was really young. And it's like, I, I told them what happened in front of the counselor. And I, I think when you do something like that, something is supposed to happen by law and, and nothing happened so it, it continued like he got sneakier he would do like different things like try to watch me get undressed and stuff maybe not touch me but like it was still molestation abuse yeah, yeah. and it's like when I talked to my mom about it last year and I told her I'm like well you, you remember what happened to me as a child she kind of tried to deny it but she was like you know your, your grandmother she told me something once she's like I don't like the way that he's touching her. And this happened before I told her what he had done to me. Mm. And so I kind of, I was like, I I didn't really kind of piece that together during the conversation, but I'm like, wait a minute, you knew this before it happened. And she was like, well, I watched him for a couple of weeks and I really didn't see him do anything. So I just kind of let it go. But I'm like, you know, I told you something about it and we were in front of the counselor and she denied it. She was like, I don't remember mm-hmm. that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I know you're lying. You have to remember. So I'm like, I felt all this time she was protecting him and I was the one that was not protected. Wow. And that made me even more angry. And, and, yeah. and it's like, I try, I'm in therapy and everything and I'm trying to, to confront my anger because there are times I, I, I've been angry at people and I've been out of line and it's okay to admit that because if you don't admit those kind of things, you're, you're never going to grow from it. But I had to realize like, where was it coming from? My mom was always angry too. And her dad was always angry too. So it's like that generational trauma thing and not talking about things in families. It's like you, you grow up and you have all these things bottled inside and now I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't really like to talk about it sometimes because we were always labeled the angry black woman. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, damn, I have a right to be angry. Right? Yes, that's you do. You like, it's do. not okay for me to take it out on other people. And that's why I'm in therapy. But I do have a right to be angry. Uh, yeah. You have every right. Every right. You have every right to be upset about your mother not protecting you, failing mm-hmm. to protect you. Mm-hmm. You have every right to be angry about her defending, basically defending your brother. Mm-hmm. You have every right to be angry about finding out that she knew because her own mother told her, hey, I see it. I'm clocking this. I don't like it. And she still didn't do anything. You have every right to be angry about all of that. And you have every right to be angry at your brother. I don't know what kinds of issues he's having that he would do something like that to his sister. But that was your mother's responsibility, your mother and father's responsibility to see to him, to tend to him so he could get the help that he needed. It was not your responsibility to be the receptacle for whatever issues he was having. That is not, you're not anyone's property and you're not, you're not anyone's, you're not anyone's object of violence or or like punching bag or just and that's kind of what we do as these as as so-called strong black women we're seen as like the receptacles for everything awful and we're expected to be we are expected to be silent about it we're expected to put on a happy face and put Mm -hmm. a smile on our face Mm -hmm. and keep going and then everyone pats us on the back and and congratulates us for being so strong but they never actually support us. And the minute they get the chance, they will throw us under the bus. Exactly. Because we don't ever, we're not taught to speak up for ourselves. So we don't. And the minute we start to, like Jasmine was saying, uh, yeah, I'm angry, but it's because I haven't haven't been able to say why. Why? But the minute we start saying why, and the minute we start speaking up for ourselves, then it becomes something, it's not even always just angry, is it? It's, it's uppity or it's, uh, it's, it's demanding or, or, you're, or you're bitter or, or you think you're better than everyone else or you think you can order people around or all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's never just, hey, 
this is a human being who has had a lot of harm visited upon them. Mm. And as someone who has had harm visited upon me and I was able to express my anger over it, they should be able to do the same thing. Absolutely. That's what I mean about our humanity not being seen. When you see someone in their full humanity, you expect any any range of emotions for them because that's what human beings do. How many people told me that I have to forgive my brother? When I when I said like you are you are one of the first people who have told me that I can be angry at my brother, and that's you absolutely you can. can. It's really sad, and and I feel like that's another reason I'm so angry because it's like we're we're not allowed to. Why why are we not allowed to be angry? We are. It's a permission to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Listen. One of the most freeing thing you can do for yourself is to allow yourself to feel how you feel. It does feel not whatever you have to say, because at the end of the day, let me tell you, I'm be dead ass with you. Okay. 95% of people in your position would crumble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They would crumble. And I'm speaking from experience. I was molested when I was a kid multiple times by multiple different people everywhere I went it was like the cool thing like I was that person so trust me when I tell you it's okay for you to be mad if they have a problem with you being mad that just speaks on their character that has nothing to do with you we have to yourself from being tied to other people's opinions because that's what's gonna kill you people a lot of people do not care and I feel like once we actually start to think about things that way We'll, you can see a clear difference between the people who have empathy and compassion and the people who are only caring about themselves. They're only caring about their ego. Most people, when you when they see black women who speak up for themselves, their ego get hurt. That's what their it is. Their ego gets threatened. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with you and everything to, to do with them. So I'm telling yeah. you, tomorrow morning when you wake up, if you decide that you want to be angry, be angry. Curse everybody out. Mm. Do what because at the end of the day, I'm like, listen, I don't now I have changed so much because I've realized that, like, even with like how my childhood, I had a very horrible childhood. It, it, it matters, but at the end of the day, that does not take away from what happened to me. Mm. None of that, none of that knowledge eases the pain right. or the anger or the stress or the anxiety that I feel. I can't tell my brain. Okay, well, if someone flings at you, they're not going to hit you. It could be that they're just trying to fix your hair or something. I can't, regardless if I tell my brain that, I'm always going to react because the residue of that trauma is still there. And I'm telling you, free yourself. I feel like the thing that I'm hearing is what's in my spirit is the word intuition. And for just a little while, I've just been thinking about how it's our parents, it was our parents' job to cultivate our intuition. When we, what I hear from everybody's story is the word intuition. Jasmine had an intuition about the feeling that she was having. She told somebody about it. She, your daughter, Natty, you were talking about how she lets you know when she is not like, you're talking to me a certain type of way. That's her intuition. And for so long, I'm just now learning to listen to that intuition. And I'm 37. So what we have to give our daughters, give them the intuition, allow them to have exactly, if you're feeling some type of way, baby, tell me why you're feeling that way. What is that hunch? What is that in your gut? What is that, baby? Tell me, tell me more about that, that feeling. Baby, tell me about, you said what? Now, baby. Something's going to happen? Okay, baby, I'm glad you brought that up. Instead of telling our kids to hush up, be quiet, you need to listen to me. Okay? What I've been hearing and what I've been in my spirit, because I'm just now learning to get this, if I have children, if God wants me to have that, but what I want to pass down to mothers is you have to cultivate your child's intuition. Because right. if they do not learn it now, they're going to struggle with listening to themselves. They're going to listen to everybody else. Oh, and not even know what their own voice sounds like. I didn't even know what my voice sounded like until 36 years old. Everybody okay. else's voice was in me. And it's our parents' job to cultivate that. It is. 
That's absolutely right. I'm about to throw my handkerchief at you. Yes. Because, baby girl, listen, I am 10 years older than you, Lakeisha. And we are and just I didn't that. learn how to listen. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I was ignoring my body and not listening to it until two years ago. I had that intu- intuitive yeah. knowledge, but a lot of times I ignored it. I yeah, always second-guessed myself yep. because I was taught not to trust myself. Yes, I also came this, I was, I was, I was molested too by my cousin. Mm. And it started out, the, molest- the molestation started out from him saying things to me, asking me, very uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. And I was six years old. I didn't know what he meant. The things that he was asking me, I didn't know what those things meant. Mm-hmm. But he, I remember even as a six-year-old, not understanding him saying, nah, never mind, forget it. I remember it like Jasmine said, it felt weird. Mm-hmm. It, it felt weird and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it happened, he didn't, touch me but he tried to look at me you know you're playing a role you're role playing and the thing and mm-hmm. it's like he tried to look at and again it felt weird it, it didn't feel right and he didn't actually who he didn't actually touch but he I know he looked and he saw and I felt weird and unlike Jasmine I never said anything to anybody. I didn't start to talk about it until this year because I was thinking about the other times that I had been sexually assaulted. And then I had to come to realize, wait, that was also sexual right. assault. Right. I didn't, it didn't even register in my head that that's what it was. But it was all, I always knew that's what it was because I always felt, I felt weird at the time. That was my body telling me, hey, yeah, this ain't right. No, no, the, don't, don't, don't let them do this. Say no. And so you're absolutely right. And I think the reason why we don't teach our children to cultivate this is because we're like me and it's like we're 45 years old and we're just now learning. We got to cultivate it for ourselves. Exactly. So now that I've been beginning to cultivate, I think my kids are, are just observing and noticing. Mm-hmm. And it's like I tell my old, my oldest son is 24 and I tell him all the time now to trust his gut because mm-hmm. he has a very strong gut instinct. And I tell him, even if, even off, if on the off chance that you're wrong, you'll still be glad you listen to yourself because yeah. nine times out of 10, you're not going to be wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Please know that. We have so many people in our lives shut that intuition door down mm-hmm. that we could like we're bargaining with ourselves almost like you're like oh no it's not that it's not no that, yeah mm-hmm. we know our body knows our bodies know knows, mm-hmm. right yeah. and when you said natty trust yourself i'm thinking like man i have never tr- i trusted everybody else's word damn here everybody yes. else's feeling but mm-hmm. myself I'm somewhere right. looking for everybody else to just give me, let, let me, let me tell somebody my situation. Let me vent to them so they can tell me everything that I need to do. No, mm-hmm. you need to go within yourself, Lakeisha, because Lakeisha, you have everything yep. inside of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have everything inside of me to do whatever it is that I need to do. Yep. So I'm tired of looking outside of Lakeisha yep. to get answers that I need that, that I can live the life that I need to live. No, that's right. Like when we look outside of ourselves, we basically just taint who we really are. It's yes. like, it's kind of like how, you know, like if a child is doing something that they like, right? Like if, if you want to, if we want to think about it in a very simple way, like if a child wants to take crayon and like draw all over the house, instead of a parent say, okay, well, here's a wall that I designated just for you to draw on. They're like, stop doing that. Leave that alone. Eventually it's, it starts to silence you. So then you get older and it's like, okay, well, I really don't even remember how I liked art when I was a kid because it wasn't something I was allowed to do. Mm. And in 2019, I started talking to this dude and I realized it was kind of like this huge realization that I've been looking outside of myself for love and acceptance. 
that I would accept morsels from anyone. Like Ooh, it was breadcrumbs. Like I would accept breadcrumbs from people okay. just so I just so I could feel connected. And I never it was never something that was conscious for me. But the minute I, I started to become conscious, I was just like, nah, this is a dub. Like I'm not doing this anymore. I just I just want to mention um the the part about about the moms because my daughter was also molested and and I can remember asking her why she didn't come to me and tell me what was going on with her and she looked me dead in my eyes and she said and she said mom I did it for you she said I just wanted you to be happy mm-hmm. I did you know because I, I had just gotten married and she's like I just wanted you to be happy but what she didn't know was I was getting my ass beat on a regular basis by the same man that was that was molesting her but she didn't know that because I bucked up, you know, and I and I and I pushed mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. She never saw me cry. She never saw me with bruises and stuff because I, I worked diligently to cover those things. And so while I was being physically abused, my daughter was being sexually abused because I made the decision to remain silent. And so a lot of times we as parents do that because we want to be strong. We don't share things. And I'm not saying you got to go and tell your kid everything that's going on in your life. But we do have to be open and honest with them. We do have to share things with them them that impact our lives. And we have to give them permission to say a thing. Nobody gave me permission. To say a thing when I was growing yeah. up, it was like, "What's yeah. what happened in this yeah. house? Stayed in this house. Stop yeah. that crying. Yeah. Or I'll give you, or I'll give you something. Give you something to cry about. about. It was like, and so you you felt you never felt safe enough to say this is happening to me because if I said, <sighs> then my mom may not believe me. Number one, or or either she's just gonna say, shut up. Because that's what we do. And so mm. even when I'm, when like I said, all my children are adults now. But when I'm talking to my grandchildren, I am so very careful not to say, stop that crying. Why are you crying? Mm. Tell mm. me why yes. you're crying. What is going on? And sometimes they, they really don't need to be crying about the stuff they're crying about. But I open the door for them to say, Gigi, I'm, I'm crying because so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. And we work it out. And even at two years old, Autumn, she, she'll she tell me, I, I'm crying because Mackenzie did this or I'm crying because Jaden did that. I'm giving her permission to say, this is what they're doing to me. And, it's, you know, kids are being kids, but this is what they're doing. But if I shut her down and say, just go on back in there and play, when things like this are happening to her, she's not going to come to me and tell me because I've made her feel unsafe. I've made her think that it's not okay to come to, to be honest about why I'm crying. So even at two years old, I am so very careful. And sometimes I just really do be wanting to say, girl, get out of here with that. But I always take a moment mm-hmm. to just breathe and say, hey, what's going on? Tell me, tell me what's wrong. And at two years old, she'll tell me what's wrong. And I do that for all, for all of them. Even Mackenzie, she... She was so angry the other day because she had she got mad with Jaden because they were playing Uno and, and she lost. And so she got mad. And she just threw all the Uno cards on the floor. So mom leaves and say, when I get back, I want all those I want all those Uno cards cleaned up. So she comes in and she's looking outside and I'm like, what's what's wrong, Mackenzie? And she's just looking. I said, just tell me what's wrong. I need somebody come help me clean the Uno cards up. Now, normally, before I had done my work, I would have said, girl, if you don't get out here and clean the Uno cards up. But what I did was I asked her a question. How did the Uno cards get on the floor? Jaden won and I got mad. So she told me what was happening. And so what I told her, I said, when we do things like that, we are responsible for cleaning up behind ourselves. So no, Gigi's not going to come. Gigi's not going to come help you clean up the cars. You have to do that by yourself. But had I just said, girl, get out of here. That's telling her it's not safe. And so as parents, with the, with, you know, as we're moving forward and we want to break generational curses, I think that's what we need to do more of. Come from a, a place of love and understanding and openness and honest honesty and let our kids know that you can say a thing to me. It's okay. And that my, my happiness is not more important than your safety. 
you know? Your safety. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, my uh, happiness mm. is not more important than your safety. We those are the messages that, that we need to we need to give our kids. And like I was saying in the beginning of this conversation, we do those things unconsciously because of the behavior, because of the behaviors that we exhibit to them. Even, even with, with Autumn taking naps, she hates taking naps. But I try to turn it into a positive thing for her because I want her to know it's okay to take a nap. Because I just until a few years ago, I was of the of the belief that when once you get a certain age, you don't take naps no more. You just push on through the day. And so even at two years old, I am teaching her that naps are important. You need to come on and take a nap. So when you get up, you won't be frustrated. You won't be angry. You'll be ready to play again. You know, just trying to get her excited. It, it's not working. She still cry. But, you know, I just want her to know that it's okay if, if you need to take a nap. Naps are good. And so even with that, it's just the little things that we, you know, that happens in everyday life that we don't often think about. When we talk about and we ask children, like when they're crying, why are you crying? One of the things that I'm learning and having people in my life to where you're giving them a voice, right? You're, you're allowing them to be seen. You're saying you're human. I, I see you and I hear you. I feel like a lot of Black women's uh, trauma is because we haven't been seen and heard. Yep. But then but then to take it to another level is that when we do speak up, nobody knows how to sit with us in that pain. Let's just ask ourselves this big question. At your age, as you have now, how many people can you count on your hand that can sit with you in the most horrible circumstances, right? Okay, that's really what I want to say. I, I hope that the mothers that listen to this will learn how to sit with their daughters, yes. with their sons, yes. in their pain. Yes. Not, not, not tell them they shouldn't have it, not tell them that they're trying to excuse it away. Mm-hmm. Learn how to sit beside your child yes. mm-hmm. and walk with them through it, okay? Yes. That's all I got to say just want to say I appreciate um, the three of you, uh, Jasmine and Lakeisha and, and Trez, bring your stories because I know that that is, um, I know it's not the easiest thing to do and those are very personal things and it, it takes a lot of bravery to share those things. I do want the three of you to know that you have a, a safe place with me. I'm not going to be putting your business out in the street and I'm not going to be judging you for anything. Like I am someone that listens and will sit with you if that's what you need. And I think that's exactly what we all need. Like this is this, this small form that we've had tonight is a form of community care. And if we can get to that point where we're doing a lot of community care and community mutual aid, we can take care of each other. We can help ourselves. We can help each other take care of ourselves. All right, ladies, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us, honey. We appreciate you. Tress, Lakeisha, I'm so glad you guys were able to hop on. Good night. Good night, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.